This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world, and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Joachim. Frenchie's here. We're going to do F1 awards today. We're going to save a bunch of news, like the new FIA president and whatnot, for next week. So with that, we will, we're just going to dive right in here. We've got about a dozen or so awards. We'll start with Driver of the Year. Frenchie, who do you have? I think I'm going to have to go with Carlos Sainz as my driver for the year. I think it'd be pretty obvious to pick like Max or Lewis. So I wanted to go with someone different and looking at his stats this season, he only finished outside of the points twice Uh, and he finished fifth in the championship. He kind of came into Ferrari as somebody who you would expect would be the designated number two driver against Leclerc and he beat him in the championship, and he was super consistent, got four podiums. So I, he's my driver of the season just because I think he did really well. Fair. You took my kind of off-the-board answer there. So I'll go with Max finishing P1 or P2 every race except Hungary, and the two or three DNFs he had is pretty amazing. One of the you know, probably top 10 f1 seasons of all time by a single driver i know there's you know a percentage of podiums that you and hickey were were tabulating i forget exactly where i fell in there but nonetheless i mean definitely uh, an outstanding year for max obviously not without plenty of controversy but this is just awards and and not drama based tonight so i'll go with max with a special shout out also for signs because that was that was my pick all right, we're gonna. He go... also led over fifty percent of the laps this Holy year. Hell. I just saw a stat about that. He led fifty point three percent of the laps Max did this season, compared to forty nine point seven by everybody else. So has Lewis ever led fifty percent of the laps? And I'm not trying to knock on Lewis here. This is simply a question. I would think yes, yeah. but um, I mean, I don't remember because in those seasons where I would imagine he led more than fifty percent of the laps, he didn't have kind of at a title rival of this yeah. caliber so i don't know i have to go back and look that's an interesting question okay next up team of the year i am going to take the first one here i'm going to go off the board here and go with ferrari we were expecting nothing from them this year they were super depressed at the beginning of the year they had a dismal 2020 
they pretty much seemed to write off 2021 before the season started and they came away third now granted it was pretty close most of the year until the last five races or so when they outscored mclaren about 60 to 20 or so over the last couple races to, to eke out that 50 point advantage overall so i'll go ferrari on this one For my team of the year, I, this was a hard one. I wanted to go Ferrari <laughs> too, kind of, because both of their drivers were the most consistent. So I think I might actually go with Alpha Tauri as my team of the year. Okay. I think they, you know, to beat a team like Aston Martin, you know, to beat some of these other teams and come as close as they did to like an Alpine when they're really a second tier team, technically, you know, like the satellite team for Red Bull, I was pretty impressed. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with their drivers, but, uh, and a Honda engine, but um, I was pretty impressed with the Alpha Tauri. I did not expect them to be this successful. Race of the year is our next contender. What do you have? This was tough because there were a lot of good <laughs> races this season. Um, but I like the unpredictable races, so I think I'm going to go with the Italian Grand Prix and Daniel Ricciardo pulling out that win for McLaren. I think that was a pretty fun race to watch, and just kind of watching him keep, you know, stave everybody off. Yeah. Towards the end of the race, there, I I, I was really into that race. Got my heartbeat going. Was it Russia where Lando lost the win because of the rain and tire strategy issues? Yeah. Okay. My pick. Probably the maybe the only time Russia will ever be the race of the year is this year. Is next year when they go to the new track, or is that two years away? Um, I don't know. I can look that up real quick, though. Okay. So I'll go with Russia, the Lando drama where he should have come away with the win and hesitated on the tires when the rain started falling down. I will go with that. We're trying to figure out if Sochi has one more year, if they switch to St. Petersburg next year. Think it's next year but i i definitely could be wrong no they have it still at sochi next year it's okay. after next year all right so one more year okay next up best overtake of the year i'm gonna go just somewhat recently i think it was jetta when yugi Sonoda on in that tight section i think in sector one where it's kind of banked overtook vettel i believe it was vettel on the outside was a very tough move from a guy who had a really up and down year, but showed a lot of potential. So I'll go Yuki at Jetta on Vettel. Funnily enough, my overtake of the year is a Vettel moment. Um, <laughs> and he actually won, I think, the award for what the most overtakes on the season. Yeah, he got his million uh, jelly beans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he did an overtake on George Russell on the outside of turn 16 at uh, Coda, that was I just thought was incredible to do there uh, on the outside yeah. of turn sixteen. It was really fun to watch. Good one, good choice. Yeah, I like that. That this F one season, I don't know about you. I mean, it was probably the best of our at least adult lifetime. But damn, it was exhausting. I honestly didn't miss that there was any racing this weekend because I could actually like sleep a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think next year is going to be probably even more exhausting just with 2022 car and that unpredictability, <laughs> but I'm still looking forward to it. Uh, just, I mean, the time during the year when there's both IndyCar and F1 must be 
so draining for you especially yes the the fall like the September months and and October as IndyCar wound down, but there was still Road to Indy and F1. I think I'm still catching up on sleep from that. But this is we're not here to complain. We're here to give awards. Uh, you can give my you can give me the award for most com- complaints about lack of sleep this year. We're gonna go best livery. Uh, you're up first. So I love their livery all the time anyway but i really liked the special livery that alfa romeo did for monza i just thought it was so cool they had like a, a big kind of metallic paint job on there with the red and the green and with their alpha logo it was really cool looking well thank you for not stealing mine this time i was really worried when you were like uh i always love their livery i'm gonna go mclaren's special golf livery at monaco one of my favorite in i mean a number of years i love that that aqua blue light blue whatever you want to call it so yeah that's that was by far my favorite livery of the year okay next up we have most improved driver i'm gonna go first here and i'm going to pick all right, this is going to be like super out of left field here, and my logic may may not make a lot of sense, but I'm going to go Nicholas Latifi. He scored points, and he went from being somebody who we considered like pretty much deter like pretty much predetermined to to be knocked out in Q1 to challenging for Q2, especially throughout the second half of the season, out qualified George Russell the last race of the year and was typically not off the pace. Now, I'm not saying you know that Williams car probably holds him back, but I think he was able to show a little bit of talent this year, especially with one points finish, and he did get a point in the rainout at Spa, so technically he had two points finishes, but definitely a, a more consistent year from Latifi this year. I like that pick, especially with all the hatred he was getting after yes, yes, everything that happened yeah. in the finale. It's a good pick. Let's give Latifi some respect. I think he he deserves it. Yeah, anybody who's hating on Latifi, he had to send out a whole like four page of four page please stop hating on me. The hate is you know, it's just so you know, you, you don't have to like a driver, but the the things people are saying, death threats and, and shit are just completely unacceptable and i mean it's just it's just ugly so i hope hopefully he's hanging in there because it sounds like it's been a not fun start to the off season for latifi if he's not your favorite driver i I mean that's fine i totally get it but i don't understand hating him he's just not really a hateable person yeah uh, to me so that that was kind of mind-boggling to see that the reaction that he got i don't know who it was from but uh, people are nuts your most improved driver. My most improved driver, believe it or not, is Lando Norris. And that may sound like a hot take because everyone kind of thinks that he's just super impressive future champion. But I think, like you said with Latifi, that he was so much more consistent this season. And that may be down partially to the car, but I just think we saw a new level of maturity and seriousness from Lando that represented him taking kind of the next step towards hopefully wins. I mean... Yeah, I, I think he's going to win many races. Yeah, I think that's a that's a, another one who definitely upped his consistency game this year. Great, good pick there. Real quick, guys, going to jump in with an ad read from, 
a sponsor again. This is from our friends at BetterHelp. If there's something that is preventing you from achieving your goals or achieve or interfering with your happiness, please check out BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. Uh, I've been using it now for a number of months, and it's really helped improve my overall mental health. They assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapists. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. You can text with a therapist. You can video chat. You can do phone calls, which is what I do. Uh, and you can actually start communicating in under 48 hours, which you will not find if you have to go somewhere in person, which, frankly, is a little scary to do right now with COVID and everything going on. Now, this isn't a crisis line or a, a self-help uh, tool. It is professional counseling done securely online. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, you can message your counselor at any time, even if it's not during one of your appointments which is really cool. You get timely and thoughtful responses. You can schedule sessions weekly or monthly or however often you want to do. You don't have to sit in, a, in an uncomfortable waiting room. Uh, they are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. There's also financial aid available should you need it. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in everything from depression and anxiety to self-esteem and grief issues, and they have licensed counselors in all 50 states. So as a listener of this show today, you'll get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash listener. Join over a million people today who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, it's betterhelp.com slash listener. Okay, up next most improved team uh, Frenchie you're up first I think the most improved team for the year is probably I don't know it, it, this one's hard again to choose but I think um, I think Ferrari's big improvement uh, year on year at least yeah um, we, we expected nothing from them I mean and I remember you guys talking when <laughs> when you and Matt were talking to the yeah we dumped all preseason over show Mattia Bonotto loves to make it seem like everything is just going to be absolutely terrible for them maybe he's just a doom and gloom pessimistic kind of guy I'm not sure but I expected absolutely zero from them this season based on what he was saying about the car but they were good as you said they were your your team of the year so all right well I'll Sticking with kind of the out-of-the-box theme here and trying to avoid the top two guys as much as possible. I'll go with Alpine. They got a win with our best friend, Ocon. They scored points. Love you, Esteban. <laughs> they scored points in all but two races this year. Fred showed some good pace most of the season. He defended the hell out of, what was that, Hamilton at Hungary, I think. Yeah, that was incredible to watch. So they they definitely are on the right path. And even though they have seven different team principles or some garbage like that, it's definitely they're definitely on, on the right track. So I'll go with Alpine here. Best offseason signing. I hmm. This one was tough. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot this one was on the list, to be totally honest with you, and I didn't really look at one, but I'm trying to think of something on the track here. Let's go with. 
Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Let's go with Fernando Alonso. I'm just really hoping you don't steal mine. Okay, yeah, let's, cool. let's go with let's go with Fred. I didn't think he would be able to show as much as he did, like that defense at at Hungary and some some pretty good speed as the year went on. Clearly, they're not you know near the top three, top four car wise, but in in fifth, they're kind of the best of the the mid pack. I I guess best of the back half of the grid, but I think they can contend for double points much more often next year and Alonzo will be up there as a reason why going with another multiple champion I think the best offseason signing was Vettel to Aston Martin that was my other pick yeah I really think they probably would have been nowhere without him this season (laughs) so I think that was an amazing uh, signing by them and as much as I'd rather see him at a more successful team I think he does a lot of good there I agree Biggest underperformer as a driver. I am going to say Lance Stroll. Yeah, he's still mine. And I love to, he's my other favorite. Yeah, of course. You know, I love to roast on Lance when I can. Yeah. I just, what I don't know where he was all season and what he was doing. I know the Aston Martin wasn't the most competitive car, but, you know, even if your teammate is a four-time champion and you're, you know, maybe not supposed to line up alongside him at the same level, I really... I didn't see anything that I was impressed with from Stroll all season. And I know he's going to have a ride forever, which is kind of what makes me the most upset. (laughs) Yep. All right. I'm going Antonio Giovinazzi as somebody who has showed flashes of talent over the year. He had one points finish and it was a P10, I think at Baku, if I'm not mistaken, it was earlier in the year. It was very early in the year. It's going to, Baku or Monaco, you know, some somewhere around there, but he just really wasn't challenging almost all year. He's very disappointing, and I really like the guy. So, Geo is my pick. Okay, off to Formula E for you, Geo. Off to Formula E. Is, do you think Formula... I'll be watching though? I mean, yeah, I'm going to check out Formula E this year. Don't get me wrong. I, but anyway, we'll save that for another week biggest underperformer as a team oh i guess Uh, i should go first on this one my bad yeah 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 biggest underperformer as a team oh boy i i think aston martin as a team and i know vettel was a good signing and definitely 
help them salvage anything, but they were pretty, they more often than not were severely lacking pace. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I think they were pretty much garbage all season, and yeah. I hope there's more from them next season. I pray there mostly is. just for Vettel, obviously yeah. not for Stroll. I hope it kind of the updates and the improvements only go to one of their cars. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to roast that hard on Stroll, but no, it's okay. Uh, you can. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I'm not alienating any Lance Stroll fans. If you guys are listening, do we? Is there such a thing? I don't know. I don't know if anyone's favorite driver is Lance Stroll. I'd be interested to chat with those people though, just to yes, figure just out why. Us, but... Yeah, just tell us why, and we won't hate. I mean, we will, but like, we won't make fun of you. Yeah, just tell us why. Yeah, okay, justify your your choice. Your biggest underperformer team. So I think this is probably low hanging fruit, but Haas, the only team that doesn't score a point all season. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely absurdly bad this season just the amount they were off the pace i remember seeing kind of the the gap in the times of their drivers right and i think mick schumacher has talent but you know even he can't pull that car up to being reasonably on the pace it was just woefully bad for them this season should we rename this war- award the dimitri mazepin award of failure the money can't buy you speed <laughs> i guess if you're haas yeah money can buy you a new chassis but it can't buy you speed yeah i i don't know i mean i i'd like to see what their budget is compared to everybody else i'm sure we can look that up yeah because i'm sure that their budgets i mean it's not going to be as high as the top teams but but they're still spending a lot of money to be as terrible as they are. But I mean, next year there's going to be the cost cap, which I don't know if that's going to help them all that much because they still suck. But maybe it will help them. Do you think it'll help them? Do you think they'll score points next year? Today, on December 21st, recording at 6 p.m., will Haas score points next year? That is an extremely good question. I, In my dreams, I would like to see Mick Schumacher get a top 10 at some point next yes. season. That'd be really cool. So, yeah, I'll say they score one top 10, maybe. But I also think that they're a broken organization, <laughs> and that's a topic probably for another day. Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, next up, we've got four left here, guys. And we have most boring race. I think you're up first on this one. There weren't that many boring races this season. But I guess I'm going to have to go with... I didn't think too much happened in Mexico, to be honest. I thought it was a pretty boring race. Besides the first lap, I remember not really being super into that race. And usually Mexico is a fun race to watch and a track that I enjoy yeah. seeing racing on. But I just didn't. I wasn't into it this season. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you're right. I think yeah, that first lap, first corner stuff was wild. And then like nothing happened the rest of the race. I'm pretty sure that was one of the ones I like kind of zoned out halfway through. I'm going to go with Zanvoort. It's a super cool track, but I don't... And it's another one that, like, I have zero recollection of what actually happened there. Other than Max won, right? Because it was his home track, and the fans went, like, bonkers, and there was, like, a DJ playing on an F1 car on the left. Okay, yeah, there was, like, Zandvoort. orange smoke engulfing the entire track. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll go Zanvoort. I, I know it's on the schedule right now for next year, and I hope it stays there because it's... I think one of the cool iconic tracks that I'm happy has made a return. Hopefully the new cars help a little bit of action there because it was, there wasn't too much that happened this year. All right. Three to go. Ugliest livery. I'm going first. 
<sighs> I'm going to go. I, hmm. I know this might be kind of a hot take here, but the regular navy blue Red Bull livery, I don't like it. I, I you know, It was cool the first couple years it was out. But I, I'm kind of like I wish they would do something new. That's fair. Um, I mean, it, it was, yeah. I don't, I don't mind that livery, but it's definitely one of the weaker ones on the grid for sure. You see, like Williams had a cool livery this year. Uh, you know, there's, there's so many. I mean, yeah, obviously, your Ferrari is only going to make so many slight tweaks to their iconic livery. But the Red Bull, like, I don't, I, I don't know what you can do, but. It's just kind of the same blue, red, a little bit of red, and a little bit of yellow. I don't know. Just do something different, please. And not just like a one-off for Japan, or what was supposed to be Japan, but just something in general. You know, When Mercedes switched to the, the black livery at the start of last year, obviously there was, you know, that was partially for Lewis and everything that was going on was, was the beginning of the driving force of that. But that's really cool. Yeah, they changed it up from the, the typical silver for, for at least a couple of years. So, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I really did not like McLaren's special livery for Abu Dhabi for the final Grand Prix of the year where oh. they had that, like, weird tie-dye stuff on the really side of the that. car. You did like it? Yeah. Oh, See, I like the regular McLaren livery with just the blue and the orange. Yeah. So I thought that was weird, um, and I was not a fan. I thought it was pretty ugly. I also didn't like the special white Red Bull livery. Yeah. Which is probably going to offend a lot of people that what I think they ran for <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> yeah, I think you're um, right. I was not a fan of that one. I, I think the blue is still better than that. Uh, but, you know, seeing an all white F1 car with just some like, you know, big red bull on the side and some red writing. I think that's pretty boring. I know that it, it harkens back to the first honda grand prix cars that were basically all white except for like the big red rising sun on it like the japanese flag but i just didn't like the execution on that so i guess i kind of have two answers but yeah both of those were kind of ugly although none of them are are ever hideous it seems like anymore these somebody's working in these livery design departments is you know they're, they're still talented guys or girls i agree all right biggest surprise or upset moment memorable moment whatever you want to call it this is another one i i didn't really know what to do and let me see what are what are the okay i am going to say that the biggest kind of one of the most memorable moments is boy i like really don't know where to go with this how about i'm gonna go with two here Max starting P20 at, where did he start 20 and he finished second? I don't remember what track that was at. It was about six to eight weeks ago or so when he took the engine the engine penalties. There were too many races this season for us to keep track of it, but I'll, I'll think of which one you're talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, there are a lot of races now. So I'm going to go Max... Engine penalty race. We're just going to say that. And I'm also going to say the last quarter of the Russian Grand Prix, you know, the the rain coming. Do we pit? Do we not pit? 
Lando kind of going off and everybody going, oh my God, you know, that was, I think, a very, you know, not season-defining moment, but I think that's a very moment that Lando can look back on and, and learn a lot from. So that's something that I, you know, can remember without having to like search through like 46 YouTube videos to remember what happened this year. I think the biggest upset moment or kind of surprise was was everything that went on at Baku to have Perez win that was like what the heck is going on for those restarts where Max crashes yeah and then Lewis has the braking issue and then Perez wins to me that was like whoa I mean obviously besides we we kind of shied away from just the more obvious you know championship contender moments in this award show because i think it'd be pretty boring just to hear us go max lewis max <laughs> lewis for every award or all the rivalry stuff so try to be a little more creative here um but i think baku yeah just the those moments were were super interesting and very unpredictable yeah i i definitely agree there that was a good one i just watched that recap of that race like right before we recorded and i totally forgot about it all right our last award our last 2021 award the last time we're probably going to talk about most of the 2021 season just kidding i'm sure we'll be talking about that for years to come is the biggest fail now this can be driver team series whatever you want where do you want to go with it you're up first when I thought of this award, I had one moment in mind, so I think I'm going to have to go with that, and it's Wrecking Ball, Bowling Ball, Botas on the first lap at Hungary, where he just like took out <laughs> everyone at the beginning by breaking late. That was such a fail. It was just so bad. Yep. Okay, that's a very good one. Now I have a serious one, and I have one just to poke fun at Haas a little bit. My biggest fail of the year is going to be Nikita Mazepin's 2021 season from start to finish. He was almost at a record level off the pace. <laughs> and I mean, enough, I'm clapping. I'm clapping for Mike for this one. This is an excellent fail. Enough. He was off the pace to the point where people were questioning the 107% rule, which I haven't seen quoted too many times over the last seven or eight years let's let's say so at least in the hybrid era so it's it's pretty embarrassing but my i don't know if you want to call this serious one is going to be michael massey's colossal up in the last race of the year where he decided to just kind of invent and twist the rules to his liking and i mean we talked about you know mercedes decision not to continue with appeal it's fine i it is what it is, but, you know, Massey at Abu Dhabi, I mean, Massey in general in 2021 was just pathetic. I was listening to the Races F1 podcast the other day, which I highly recommend everybody goes and checks out if you guys are F1 fans, because they do a really good job. And they were discussing that, do you think Mercedes basically will allow massey to stay the race director or do you think that everyone including mercedes has lost so much respect for him at this point that he's gone like that that's one of the changes that they almost have to make next season i don't know but i think for them to drop the appeal relatively quickly there had to be some sort of wink wink nudge nudge let's make a deal and that's fine. Would I be shocked if one of those was, hey, we'll drop the appeal now 
if you kick Michael Massey to the sun, I would not be surprised. In fact, I would help them get a shoe strong enough to kick him to the sun. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think it's highly plausible that that is at least partially correct. Yeah, Massey definitely deserves his own special award. Um, and I guess he, sh- he can go enjoy that award on a shelf somewhere like where he's banished to. Yeah, on the sun. But let me ask you this, and then we'll wrap up. Since I just made fun of Massey and Mazepin. If you had to pick which one you hated more right now, who would you say? My gut instinct is Mazepin because he just seems like a worse person. I mean, Massey, I don't know anything about his personal life. And professionally, I have no respect for him at this point. Like, it's just gone. I don't think he's a good race director whatsoever. But Mazepin just seems like an awful human being. So I'm going I'm to go with him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't even think we need to debate that one. All right, we're going to end the episode laughing at Nikita Mazepin. Yeah, the Devil Incarnate Award goes to Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> Total Human Scum Award goes to Nikita Mazepin. <laughs> On that note, Dick bag. everybody enjoy their weekends. Obviously, there is no racing, but we'll be back next week to talk about some news. And everybody, oh, Merry Christmas, happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate. Happy and merry. Stay healthy. Hanukkah passed a long time ago. Oh. Well, it's like the beginning of December because it changes every year based on the Jewish calendar. All right. Well, we're just going to edit that part out. We, we missed that one. Uh, well, everybody have a lovely Christmas weekend. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.